Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Plans to recruit 1,000 new Gardaí this year are already 32% behind target. But why are the numbers so low? Is being a guard still an attractive uh, career? We'd love to hear from you on this. Our WhatsApp number is 087-1400-106. That's 087-1400-106. You can email us lunchtimelive at newstalk.com if you uh, want to join in this uh, conversation. I'm joined on the line by Tara McManus, who's the Assistant General Secretary of the Garda Representative Association. Tara, why are recruitment levels so low? Morning, Aging. Uh, there's a number of reasons um, and the main one is that just right now on Garda Shikana is not seen as an attractive career. There are a number of reasons for that. Um, the first one could be a link to the training allowance that is paid to um, trainee guardies that works out at about 4.60 an hour for 32 weeks of training. So if you're a person with a family or a mortgage and bills to pay, that's unsustainable. You would have to have huge savings behind you in order to um, become a, a trainee guard. Uh, now, I, I, I other, knew that allowance was low. I hadn't realised it was that low. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's unsustainable, you know, if you have young children and, as I said, bills and a mortgage and that. So at the moment, that's only going to be attractive to very young people um, who don't have those bills. And of course, we're a diverse organisation. You can apply up to the age of 35. So we would like people with all sorts of life experiences to apply. And that, that very poor allowance eliminates a huge cohort of people, as I said, unless they have savings behind them to get them through that initial 32 weeks of training. There's also um, also all the added media um, footage that we've seen recently of attacks on our members. Um, we've long been protesting about the fact that we don't have safe working environments. Uh, the current environment that we're working in is very challenging. We would see morale is at an all-time low. Um, we have huge issues with retention at the moment. We lost 109 members in 2022 to resignation. To date, we've lost 45 in 2023. Now, I've been conducting... And, and sorry, sorry to cut across you. What, what sorts of reasons have those 45 people in 2023 resigned? Yeah, so I've been conducting exit interviews with these particular people. Mm. So I've interviewed 30 members so far. There's a whole plethora of reasons as to why they're leaving. Some of them would quote the poor pay and the poor pension. And that applies to anybody who applied post-2013. Uh, their pension is significantly lower, we'll say, than myself who applied post-1995. And that pension effectively plummets those people into poverty uh, when they retire. So that would be a reason. But there's other reasons why they're leaving. Um, poor morale, work-related stress. Some of them have quoted bullying. Some of them have quoted um, the fear of discipline. So little people to do so much work. Uh, all the bureaucratic practices that we now found in place that are part of the modernisation and renewal programme that was introduced by the Commissioner to improve our work practices. And as those work practices are being embedded into the organisation, at the moment they're just adding to the workload of guards. A lot of people that I have spoken to would describe themselves as, I've stopped being an investigator and I'm now an administrator. So they find themselves in front of the computer for most of their working time, clicking boxes, ticking boxes, moving on incidents, completing forms, 
there's a huge amount of paperwork and administration, even for the most basic of infants. And, 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 and then obviously for, for certain people who join the force, that's not really what they joined the force for. That's not really what they had in mind. Absolutely. These people are joining the force because they want to make a difference in society. Mm. There's a certain type of person that is attractive or attracted to a career in Angarda Shikana, people that see themselves as part of the community, working with people, helping people when they're at their absolute lowest ebb. And they now find that that's actually not the reality. And that's what a lot of people who I spoke to have said. They were just so shocked by what the job actually entails as to opposed to what they thought it would entail. Okay, so and that uh, obviously all of that is leading to this low morale that you uh, speak about. Is, is morale lower now than at any point in uh, the history of Angarda Síochána? Well, I have just over 25 years done in Angarda Síochána and I don't ever remember morale being as low. I mean, we had various points down through the years where morale would have been low, but definitely from my from my own point of view, having looked back on my own career and the people that I speak to, morale is at an all-time low. We had our own conference there two weeks ago and the theme of that conference was breaking point. And that's exactly how we describe the feeling of our members, how they feel about the job at the moment. They literally feel they're at breaking point and something is not done to address the retention issues, to address the pension issues, to address training, lack of resources, overwork, two less people. We're going to have a serious policing problem on our hands. So despite um, we constantly hear of recruitment campaigns for Angarda Síochána, um, it's, it's a constant feature now in, uh, in the news cycle. Um, we have 400, in fact, over 400 fewer members in the force from the end of 2020 to uh, today. That's a, a huge drop, despite the fact that theoretically we're recruiting more guards. Yes, we are recruiting, I suppose, on an annual basis now. The Minister and the Commissioner have promised a 1,000 new guards. Uh, 154 new guard trainees entered Templemore on Monday. The target for that was 225. That follows 134 recruits at the last intake in January. The target there was 200. Meaning, at the moment, we are 137 guard members short of the 425 targets that we have set. So it's and this, this again is despite the fact that there have been advertising campaigns trying to encourage people to uh, to join the force. It just doesn't seem to be working. It's not working. People are looking at social media. They're seeing guards being recorded. They're seeing them being intimidated. They're 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 hearing the GRA talking about the retention issue and people leaving. And we've conducted our own um, public attitude survey there a number of months ago, and just. 25% of the public would consider a career on Angarda Síochána. And of all the people that I've interviewed, and I interviewed 30, not one of them would recommend a career on Angarda Síochána to a friend. Really? Not one? Not one. Well, that's very worrying. It is extremely worrying, absolutely. Stay with me for a second, Tara, if you can, please. Um, I'd love to hear from you on this. Our number, our WhatsApp number is 87 106 um, Would you consider being uh, a Garda? And if not, why not? 87 106 uh, this message just came in to us and it says they need to look at the entry tests for the guards. I applied to the guards recently and did their uh, psychometric testing. I'm not good at maths and there's a whole section dedicated to maths and not uh, simple maths either. 
what this has to do with being a guard, I'll never know. You can't have it both ways. Either you want to recruit high numbers of guardee or have very high entry st- standards. You can't have both, says uh, that message. Christy uh, joins us on the line. A retired uh, Garda sergeant, uh, Christy. Why do you think, despite recruitment campaigns, the number of guardee uh, on, in the force is actually going down? Well, I think you have to look at it, and I think uh, Tara explained it uh, uh, just there on our comments a few, uh, some seconds ago there in relation to the retention and recruitment of Garda members. And I see it from a, di- from a different perspective as well, not only as a former member, but as a member, as a, as a member of the, 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 as a citizen of the state. And the big problems we see, the number one, that we don't see... What we used to see is frontline policing, no longer foot patrols on the street. Everything is very reactionary now. I mean, when I started in the job in, in the early 80s, um, it was, they had four, the Gardaí had four pillars, as we know. As these pillars were the prevention and detection of crime, preservation of life and property. And then we added into the human rights issue as well. And those were very important, but they've expanded on that as well. I think the big problems within the, the retention and recruitment, not only... The, 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 what recruits receive a miserly 460, which you would see in some of the poorest countries in the world being given in wages to, to, to people who are working. But also in relation to the, the, the lack of um, management input into helping members who are under severe strain in relation to the job uh, and in relation to the volumes of, 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 of files uh, and I always go back to the oversight. We have a GSOC, we have guard inter- inter- interdisciplinary procedures, we have the new anti-corruption unit, you know, and members on the ground, I'd say, feel kind of under siege at the present moment in time. And that's a, a, a sad reality because I meet a lot of young members and serving members here in Donegal, and they say that they're stuck to their computers nearly 24-7. Uh, answering questions uh, where they input, say, crimes or other incidents, and then there's about 20 questions they have to answer before they can get away from that actual uh, crime or something that needs their attention. You know, and it's it's tying them to a computer. And most of this is down to what we see from the policing authority, and it's all about stats. It's all about statisticians. It's all about the the pen pushers in Garda headquarters and other places that want the stats and that they're not releasing members on the ground because of that. And OK, and this is something that Tara mentioned a while ago, that, you know, one of the reasons that um, certain people join on Garda Síochána is to be frontline, to be yeah. out on the street, to be mm-hmm. uh, dealing directly with people. But a lot of that is not what the job entails. No, no. It's been negated because of what they've brought in, the oversight and the regulations and policies that have been changed over the last number of years. And, you know, the, 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 there's a lack of interaction and, 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 and I think there's suspicion between the top management and members on the ground. And the lack of coherent uh, uh, policies uh, and agreements between Garda management uh, the representative associations is a big problem. And and one of them is in relation to uh, uh, rosters. Rosters are a big problem at the present moment where the commissioner has literally shut off uh, uh, interacting with 
the representative associations, has sent it to the WRC. And, and you know, for those people who are working, who may end up working on new rosters, it could mean an, an additional 39 or 40 uh, additional days of working with no work-life balance. And I mean, you cannot expect people to work 24-7 virtually, you know, uh, without uh, some work-life balance. It really does impact them. And the, then we look at the number of serious assaults and members in the last number of years. Well, last year, there were nearly 1,000 assaults, some of them very serious on members. And we've seen cases in Dublin there where Gardaí cars, Garda cars were rammed. Mm. They're unable to use the blue lights and sirens because they're not qualified drivers. I mean, there's a whole plethora of problems. Let me ask you a question then, uh, Christy, as as a retired uh, Garda sergeant, and this is something I was very interested from what Tara said a couple of minutes ago, that um, doing exit interviews with members of the force, one of the questions that she would ask is, would you recommend a career in Angarda Shiakana to family or friends? They all said no. Do you say no? Looking at the job at this present moment in time, I would be saying no as well. Uh, and that's uh, because I, I like to think that most guys who joined and girls who joined the job did it out of a sense of duty to the people of this country and to this country as a whole. Uh, to don that uniform, be proud to don the uniform and walk out there and, and do their job uh, as efficiently as possible. But at the present moment in time, given the type of oversight that's been brought into the Garda Shukhana and, and, and the way Garda on the front line are now being treated, and they're under constant, constant scrutiny. There's nothing wrong with the scrutiny. We all want it to be open and transparent. But the fact is, most of the problems are emanating from Garda headquarters and working its way down to the frontline services. And that's not good enough. And the policing authority are also responsible for this as well. We have people who are drawing up plans and policies in place in the policing authority and the inspectorate who are not police personnel, who have never donned a uniform, who have never walked the beat or are involved in, in, in investigating crime or putting a file together. What they're doing is using their academic qualifications to sell or tell mm. frontline members of the force how the job should be done. Some of that info can be constructive, but the rest is just whitewash. Okay, stay with, stay with me for a second, Christy, if you can, please. Our number, our WhatsApp number is 087-1400-106. Brian is uh, on the line. Is um, Angarda Shiakana an attractive career, Brian? Uh, not anymore, it's not. Um, I think Christy and Tara have said everything that needs to be said about everything that's wrong in the job. Um, I, I joined in 86 and I retired in 2017. At, at those years were some of the best years of my life. Um, fantastic job back then, not without uh, its problems even mm. then, resource-wise. But we were at least paid uh, a decent salary and we got a good pension. That pension is gone now. Uh, and the salary is uh, no way compares to the job that's re- um, requested of of members. I, without a shadow of a doubt, I would not recommend either. My kids are young, but but if they were um, of an age where they could join the guard, I would say under no circumstances to do it because it is not a job where you would be appreciated. It's a dangerous job. It's it, you are not protected by Angara Shikana. 
you uh, are not given the resources to do that job. Let me ask you a question then, uh, Brian. Why did you join the force in the first place? What what inspired you to uh, become a Garda? Well, uh, that's a long story, but, but a friend of mine actually told me he was he was joining and he uh, said, do you want to come down and we apply together? And I said, well, look, I'm... I'm I had a, a, another career in mind, but I, he said, "Well, look, we'll have this uh, uh, as a job uh, if 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 things don't work out." And they didn't work out, so I, I joined the guard kind of um, I, um, by accident. And but, but having said that, but you must say, you must have known even even by accident that it's it's not your average job. It's a no, you know it's, 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 a, it's, it's a, a it's a job that really is from what I from where I'm sitting a vocation to be honest. Yes, absolutely. You have to have the mindset that you want to help people and you have to put yourself out there and um, you know it's a dangerous job. You know that you're going to be in danger um, and, and that's a certain type of person will only go for that job. But back then, you were at least protected by the Angara Shikana. You were given uh, a certain amount of resources. You were looked after you were told to do your job without fear, favour, malice or ill will. And once you did that, you would be looked after. There would be a, if there was a complaint made against you, it would be fully investigated. And if you were seen to be doing wrong, you would pay the consequences. But if you were doing your job to the best of your ability, you would be, you would be proven correct. Hmm. What's, Nowadays, what's very concerning, Bryn, uh, listening to you and to Christy and to Tara, if I were listening to this program now and I was of a mind, you know, I, I, I had thought maybe I'm 18, 19, 20 and I thought to myself I'd love to become a guard. Having listened to all three of you, not in a million years would I want to become a guard. How do we change that then? How do we encourage people to want to be uh, police officers in this state? I think it has to be changed from the top to the bottom and it has to be changed by providing resources, by um, changing the oversight that's there that is, is so so wrong that, 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 that somebody could make a complaint against a guard. The guard has no right to know what that complaint is, has no right to know who made that complaint. How do you protect yourself? How do you um, defend yourself from that? That has to be all looked at and, and changed. The guard is now considered a second-class citizen. He doesn't have the same rights as any other citizen in this country. And that needs to be changed if you're going to try and get people to come into the job I, I, I give you a small example. Um, in my job, I spent a lot of time on the road, been sent down the country to, to, to do jobs. And at a moment's notice, we could be told, you're going down to spend two or three days or two or three weeks on the job. Go down and get accommodation. And you were given an overnight uh, subsistence allowance. Mm. Now, if you were to be told today, you're going down to Kerry to do a job, and you have to get yourself accommodation sorted. Do you think 107 euro will cover you for your all your meals and your accommodation? No, not in a month of Sundays. Not in a month of Sundays. No, and that's what the guards are being asked to do uh, to, to to cover themselves with uh, 107 euro. And th- very often uh, you could be sent down on a bank holiday weekend, or you could be sent down in the middle of a, a summer festival. And you know, everyone knows what's going on at the moment with, with accommodation. In, and expected in to get a hotel room and all your meals for €107. Yeah. Euro. Mm. People, there's guards bringing down their sleeping bags and, and, and sleeping in hallways. They're sleeping um, in tents. They're sleeping in their cars. 
and that's not a job that is attractive in no, any it certainly isn't. way, shape or form, you know. Breen, I really appreciate you uh, talking to us. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.